Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Hello, my beautiful soul family, and welcome back to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. If you are new to the podcast and this is your very first episode listening, big welcome, big hello. Um, And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. Welcome back to a more consistent uh, schedule with the podcast as things are grounding a little bit in my life here. So if you've been with me for a while, you know I've been on what I call a an absolute vision quest over the last, you know, three and a three and a half months at this point um, to land here in Ontario, which is very unexpected. And if you're new to the podcast, well, welcome and just know that over the last three and a half months, I have been on a soul journey of, you know, painful endings, new beginnings being guided towards something that I don't quite understand yet, but this is really the first moment over the last two weeks where I've had my own space and something stable to sit in and be in. And so with that, I'm finally getting grounded and getting rooted into all that I can bring to you guys moving forward. So I have a lineup of podcast to record for you guys and I have so much information to you know pour out into this beautiful container that you all share with me here and I'm really excited to do that to start today with one of my favorite topics I think it's really one of everyone's favorite topics if I really tap into that for a second and the reason I want to talk about this today is because It's so, so potent, okay? So our topic today is all about emotional karma and the moon. And I absolutely love teaching about the moon because it is such a common topic, because it really is where everyone kind of goes first when you dive into astrology. It's like, okay, what's my moon sign? What does that mean for me? Um, But a lot of the teachings don't actually you know, integrate the embodiment techniques or the importance of what the moon actually brings to us, teaches us. It is such a beautiful teacher, a potent teacher, a feminine teacher. And so I get to be, you know, one of the the people who has the honor of teaching the moon in a new way, or actually more in an ancient way, an old way, a powerfully processed way that really gets to liberate you okay because if you guys know my work at all you know the main purpose of what I teach to you guys is to assist you in liberating you from you know power struggles from anything that holds you back from your power it is literally my job to help 
liberate you from the boxes that you've put yourself in, from the boxes that society has put you in. And I get to do all of that through these teachings, right? Through the podcast, through my mentorship, through It's Karmic. And that is, I can't even believe, opening up in less than 10 days or 10 days. Now we're on the 12th. Okay. So yeah, 10 days. We open that up on the 25th. So you know, the souls that have already said yes and the souls that are feeling that inkling to come in and learn karmic astrology from me over the next two months, a little bit longer than two months. This is my place where I get to show you all this magic, okay? All of the magic that the cosmos have to offer us and beyond, okay? But we have to bring it into the embodiment into okay let's get out of our heads and um and remember we're here on earth for a reason right okay so as we dive into this topic let's just talk about the moon for a second okay in you know the pop lens of astrology it's our emotions it's our it really is just our energetic emotions, right? We look at our moon sign, we go, wow, that's how I emotionally function. Um, and really that's such a surface level of the moon. When we look at the moon in reality, it's this whole energy around, yes, your emotions, but also your subconscious, okay? It's all things that are so under the surface that you operate from a baseline energy and this is where your reactions come from, okay? When you react to something, it's your moon. They say for the first seven years of our life, we are just subconscious, and that's why children often are just like this big ball of their moon sign because we can see little energies as they grow come out around you know other points in their chart, but they're so their moon. And I'll give you guys an example of just myself as a child. Um, I'm a Leo moon and it's so true that all I wanted was attention. All I wanted was to be seen, to be thought of as great. I wanted to be the star of the show. I literally wanted to be the star of the show in the sense of doing drama camp and being in every musical, every play and always wanting to be the lead. And often I wasn't the lead and that was just absolutely devastating for me. Um, always wanting to be the lead singer of the band, lead singer of this. You know, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be adored. And so when I didn't receive that adoration, um, there was a, a turmoil within me. Okay. So it's very subconscious. So in the reactions of my energy force, not knowing my Leo moon energy was what was guiding this this force behind me, I, I was prone to overdramatics. I was, you know, I always like to say I was the Disney princess um, flailing myself on the bed crying because it, everything was the end of the world, right? Um, so it is subconscious tendencies and reactions. It's also the energy of the mother, okay? Like how you expected to be mothered in this life maybe the high octave of your moon, and then how you actually were mothered could end up being the low octave of your moon. And then from there, it's actually how you were nurtured, how you needed to be nurtured. Um, and, and obviously there's so many other 
aspects that come into this. It's not just your moon sign, but just focusing on that singular energy for a moment. It really boils down to what a beautiful, beautiful astrologer named Liz Green, that was the first person I saw put this term for the moon. And it really hit home for me was the unmet need. Okay. The unmet need. When I read that in her, her book on the, the, the luminaries, that's what it's called. Um, that really struck a chord in me. Okay. Thinking about the moon as the unmet need. And so we can take that into lives previous. We can take that into our childhood. We can take that into our mother, our, our family, all the things that were meant to make us safe, right? In our past lives, they're the energy of the unmet need. What wasn't met? What were we seeking to feel emotionally fulfilled through and didn't? Or, you know, an energy we were extremely comfortable in. It is that, okay? And so I like to think of it as the sense of if you were to take a quotation around your moon sign, you would say, when I feel safe, I, and you would have a list of what makes you feel safe, secure, nourished, um, loved, and all those moon things, right? Emotionally secure. So the, the need is met, right? When you feel safe, the need is met. And then to look at it and understand what's missing, the question is, when I don't feel safe, I blank, right? I react in this way. I express in this way. I seek this. I, you know, self-medicate with this. Um, and so the question is, what is the need? And what is the need that's not being met, right? We have to question these things as to, okay, if that is the unmet need, okay, it's a comfort zone for many lives previous. It's an energy you know so well that your subconscious tendencies just go there. It's like your ego snuggles right in there and says, I feel really safe here. <laughs> I know this energy. And so I'm going to live here and operate from this energy subconsciously. And even though you know, you want to be expressing as say your sun sign, that really high octave that you're moving toward. When you don't feel safe, when the need isn't met, you fall back into your moon sign, right? You fall back into, oh no, the, the need's not met. So I am going to react, right? For me, it's, I'm going to be dramatic. I am going to have a, a slight meltdown. You know, Leo moon, I burn quick and hot. It's over real quick, but like it is just hot and quick. And that is something I have to be very aware of. It's like my emotional need for dramatics is not supportive to those around me. Right. And not that we always have to be focused on, you know, compromising or shrinking ourselves for other people. I don't want you to do that at all, but you know, the moon forgets that anyone else exists for a hot second and it just reacts. It just explodes, you know, it just, or, you know, if it's a lower octave, it just implodes or whatever it is, right? Pisces moon, you're probably escaping Taurus moon. You're probably, you know, medicating yourself with food. Um, maybe it's shopping for Taurus moon, whatever it is that makes you feel safe, 
or secure, even though it's actually not filling the unmet need because the unmet need always has a root cause, right? I'm really, really focused on this energy of the root cause right now because I'm thinking about health. I'm thinking about my journey over the last, what are we on right now? 10 years, 10, 10 or more years of, um, it would be more than 10 years, wow. Uh, really finding my root cause, right? What is the root cause of your unmet need, right? For, for the Leo, it is love, right? It's, it's leading from the heart. It is really the creative force. So when I am not in that expression of my high octave Leo moon, you know, operating from the heart and being creative and playful, my, my need isn't met. Okay. My, my need is not met. So let's give an, another example of some, a Libra moon, for example, Libra moon, a Libra moon's need is often to, to be in harmony, right? To live in peace and harmony and balance. And so when that need isn't being met, there are all sorts of low octaves they go into, right? One could be self-sacrifice over compromise. On the other octave, it could just be absolute righteousness or even detachment because Libras get a bad rap for being so overly attached to, you know, their partners um, or love that people forget that Libra is actually an air sign, right? And Libra has a job to do here and it is to balance things out. And so Libra and its low octave can become very detached in order to do its job of balancing, right? Air signs can be very detached, very analytical. They operate in the mind. And with Libra, it's this mix of the mind and the heart. So really tapping into, you know, what is the low octave of your moon? That's the first thing you want to do is understand, you know, actually the first thing you really want to do is understand that sign in its wholeness, right? Not just in the pop astrology uh, stuff that gets put out there that, that could help scratch the surface, but you want to understand the sign of your moon in its wholeness. What are its low octaves? What are its high octaves? What is the unmet need? What is your, your sign, you know, the sign of your moon actually seeking, you know, what is the house that your moon is in telling you about where you emotionally operate, subconsciously operate, um, where your emotional unmet need is, right? That house placement is where the unmet need is. The sign is what the unmet need is. So tapping in, I'll give you guys just another example of myself is Leo moon in the 10th house. My unmet need is around my work here. My, my status, my, um, my literal physical legacy that I'm leaving here on earth. Okay. That is my emotions are tied into that 10th house energy. If you move me into whole signs, it's 11th house and it's still got a big collective uh, job to do here. Okay. And, and we can ask the question, okay, where is the unmet need being experienced? That's the house and understanding the sign in its wholeness is going to bring you back into, okay, if my emotional subconscious nurturing, you know, safety energy needs blank, 
then what do I need to do in order to feel more whole, more, more secure, more safe all the time, right? What do I need to cultivate in my life in order to have better days, right? In order to feel more full, more supported, more secure. Really, what we can use the moon as is this like reparenting, remothering energy. All the things you didn't get in your childhood, we can look at this energy and say, okay, I needed this energy, right? I needed this sign to be allowed to express through me, right? I needed this form of safety. This was my unmet need. And then say, as an adult now, how are you going to support yourself through that? right? How are you going to be the cliche statement of the person you always needed when you were younger, right? It's a great statement. Um, so cliche, but so spot on for working with the moon. It's like how, this is how you can work with your inner child. How can you can chat with your inner child and say, well, what did you need that you weren't getting, right? What did you need that you weren't able to express to the world to ask for? Uh, why did you shrink yourself? Why have you put yourself into these boxes and maybe begun operating at very low octaves of your, your moon sign, right? So through all of this, there's two things we can do. One is discovering the mastery of your moon, okay? If we look at the moon in karmic astrology sense, it's like emotional baggage. You have been doing this for a long time. Uh, in its karmic, my past life astrology certification, there is an actual masterclass on emotional karma. And I describe in that class the moon as like your emotional hobo bag. Okay, I, got, I want you guys to picture like the stick and the little like bag on the end of the stick and a hobo. Um, I don't even know where this image comes from, but like, did anyone ever really actually have these hobo bags? But, you know, they'd have the stick in the bag and they'd carry that energy with them. Like that is your emotional bag that you brought in from lives previous. Okay. So you know this energy very, very well. It's very emotionally, um, natural to you. Okay, so understanding that it is a natural energy for you means it is a mastery for you, means it is something you do very, very well. It's so subconscious that it's natural. So when we look at that, we have to understand, okay, if it is a natural energy to me, that means I can go into the lows when I'm not being conscious, when I am fearful, when I'm not safe, I could go into those lows. And sometimes you might have to but also knowing, okay, there is a high. There is a high to this mastery. There is a high to my moon sign that I can operate from to literally make my life feel better. So you're making your life feel more full, more beautiful, more safe, more stable by understanding the mastery of your moon sign. And then questioning where that mastery needs to be implemented through the house, okay? So then tapping into that, we can say, well, this self-care, right? Your self-care is gonna be very different than my Leo moon self-care, right? If you're a Taurus moon listening to this, a Gemini moon, whatever it is, it's gonna be very, very different than the self-care that my Leo moon needs. 
if you have your moon in the fifth house, you might have that energy of the Leo-ness needing to be expressed for sure. But if you don't, your, your need, your unmet need is so different than mine that your self-care process is going to be different than mine, right? When I tap into what self-care is needed for me, it is play. It is always, always play. It is always creativity. It is always laughing and, you know, it's also dressing up for me. It's putting on my makeup. It's making myself feel like a queen if I can, right? It's doing these very Leo things um, that support my mastery, that creative expression. I've even been thinking about going out and, you know, going to plays or the opera or the ballet or these things that are very Leo. Okay. And I have to know that in my self-care routine, I need to implement Leo things. So for instance, a really great example is that dancing, just ecstatic dance makes me feel really lit up, really supported and alive. It turns my moon on and makes me feel very, very full. So there's going to be some sort of self-care practice and I'm going to share a few with you here for every sign. So stick around that I can show you your sign specifically for a few ideas of self-care that you can use to literally make yourself feel better, make yourself feel more secure, more stable, more alive, and get yourself into the higher octaves of your energy for your moon sign, right? So this means living better every day. This means feeling better every day. This means being a little more lit up every single day rather than um, being in the reaction state of your moon, being in the low, low of your moon. So let's dive into that now. All right, so starting with the Aries moon energy. If you have an Aries moon, you know, you've typically got a warrior energy around you, you've got a lot of fire going on, you're the initiator. And so it's super important that you allow space and time for your sacred rage, okay? Because the world is going to tell you, shut it down, you're too much, blah, blah, blah. And the invitation is, yeah, maybe find a healthy outlet, but your sacred rage is actually part of you, right? So you have to find a way to express that and be in healthy competition, set aside me time, right? Create new projects and initiate new ideas. This is part of your energy force, right? And so you are really about goals and, and your subconscious mind needs you to be essentially kind of burning your energy, okay? You've got to um, find a physical outlet for the expressive amount of fire that is going on in your subconscious, okay? That is the Aries. We need self-care through creative expression, releasing, movement, competition, Okay, so then we move to our Taurus moon souls. And the Taurus moon is really about security, right? What it comes down to in its ultimate form, when you boil it down, is security, safety, stability. 
So it is so important for you as a Taurus moon to be allowing space and time for personal pleasure and sensuality. Okay, this means making things luxurious and not being sorry about it. Doesn't mean, you know, you go out and break the bank um, buying everything in the entire world. And I know my Taurus moons are like, yeah, I wanna make things just so beautiful that it doesn't matter. Um, but it means finding a way to tap into what security and stability is that feels really nourishing for you, right? And that could be as simple as nourishing your body through food in a healthy relationship to food, okay? Not in a codependent one, in one that makes you feel really, really lit up, okay? So also spending time outdoors and grounding your physical body vessel needs to be in connection to the earth for you to feel that that stability right that root system so coming into these sacred pleasure practices of divine connection with the earth that's going to be that self-care for your taurus moon now my sweet beautiful gemini moons you're all about the mind you're all about curiosity you are all about um research and information so it is so important for you to allow time for you to get curious and learn something new okay with this energy the world is going to tell you you need to buckle down you know stay in your lane um, but i'm actually going to invite you to find space and time for curiosity and learning new things so this means you know, for the Gemini moon, it might be okay to hop from hobby to hobby to hobby, right? Try pottery this week, then you're trying baking the next week. That is part of your signature because you are learning through childlike wonder here on earth, okay? So release that, that need to stagnate yourself and, you know, allow your inner child to play um, and be in good conversation with good people. Socialization is gonna be key for you to not lose your shit. <laughs> you need connection so my gemini's allow yourself to you know have that time for connection but also remembering to regulate your nervous system any air signs need to be regulating the nervous system and things like breath work can be really great self-care for the gemini moons out there okay so moving along into our Cancer Moon souls. Now in sidereal astrology, I like to explore all different astrologies and house systems. Um, in sidereal astrology, I have a Cancer Moon and that's really hard for my Leo Moon to accept, but you know, I really resonate with a lot of this stuff. Um, and I do believe we're multi-dimensional beings. So for my Cancer Moon people, you are moon-based people, okay? You are focused on home, on family, on nourishment, on all the things I talked about at the start of the podcast, right? The unmet need is Cancer Moon. So it's so important for the Cancer Moon to have cozy, safe spaces, but also just as important to get out of those safe spaces now and then so that you don't stagnate your own energy, okay? Because you are moving in waves and flows. And so self-care for you may some days be curling up with a good book or you know on the couch with Netflix and a blanket, but other days it's gonna be like actually getting out of your space and connecting with people based on, you know, maybe what sign the moon is in that day. If it's in Gemini that day, then you might need to socialize um, or really tapping into those rhythms. Okay. So 
time at home with your loved ones is going to be really important and nourishing yourself is going to be super, super important. Now, Cancer Moons, you can get a little over um, connected to your emotional sense to hobbiting, not hobbiting, sorry, um, hermiting, <laughs> hobbiting hermiting. So I want to remind you to like get in gratitude, get into um, connection with the moon itself and be in that sacred flow all the time. Okay. So my Leo moon people out there, my brothers and sisters, my soul community with the Leo moons out there. Um, I want to encourage you to ask for the attention that you might need in a healthy way. Okay. So if anyone had just told me when I was younger that I needed to healthily ask for the attention I was seeking, things might've been very, very different. So now I have to be very conscious about looking at, you know, my partner or whoever I'm with and just saying like, listen, I need some attention right now. <laughs> I need some adoration right now. I need you to kind of like fawn over me right now <laughs> in a healthy, healthy way of just like, I need this from you. Um, and finding that in a playful way, finding, you know, ex creative expression in this playful way and like I mentioned earlier, you know, dance, sing, express, be creative, let that fire energy flow, just like in Aries, um, in a physical way to release my fire signs. I need you physically releasing in some way. Um, otherwise you're going to become a boiling pot. Okay. Leo moons. I need you physically expressing your creativity. My Virgo moons, love, love, love my Virgo moon people. There's a very, very dear, important Virgo moon in my life right now. And oh, this energy comes with a lot of criticism and heavy self-expectation. And um, uh, what I've noticed is a disconnection from the body because it's almost too much to do all the work you've got to do. I know I resonate with that as my Virgo stellium really taps into it, but really allowing time for you to be out of control. Okay. Um, spaces and times that are safe for you to release the need for control and get into just flow or play or, um, what is the word I'm looking for here? It's like the, the, the ability to just be. And so this is another energy of like, I need you to regulate your nervous system. And you're probably going to have to do that through grounding. Uh, you are going to find if you regulate that, then you're going to have more time to flow. Right. And another thing you can do for self-care is organize, tidy and reorder. Because when you do that, when you get organized as a Virgo moon, you have more space to be in less control because everything's good, right? You've already planned and implemented everything. So now it's like, now you can do nothing. You've made time to do nothing. Okay. That's really, really a Virgo moon thing. And for my Libra moons, self-care comes in the form of really allowing yourself to have a firm boundaries with your time and your space, choosing who you spend your time with very wisely. Okay. Um, it's not just about spending time with people that social airness of Libra. It's spending time with people that make you feel very full and then tapping into, you know, some sort of form of making things beautiful and harmonious. It could be a connection to these spaces that are beautiful, your home when it's beautiful, 
It could be art, it could be something, but it's something where you get to like adorn yourself or the world. And you're probably gonna wanna do it with other people, okay? And owning that, but owning healthy boundaries within that. My Scorpio moons, my dear Hades moons. I love you guys so, so much. This energy is so deep. And it's so important for self-care for the Scorpio moon to you know, allow time for shadow work, right? Allow time for diving into the de deep mysteries of life, into the occult, into the hidden. Um, that's gonna make you feel very supported, right? And this is also an energy of an enmeshment, okay? Of connecting with others. So sexuality and sensuality and intimacy are gonna be key. So asking for what you want, you know, putting it all on the table and not feeling like you need to hide your emotions is key self-care. So finding that healthy emotional intelligence in your relationships and really, really working with clearing and protecting your energy field, okay? Because you're picking up everything from all realms, all dimensions. I need you to be doing self-care of protection work, of cleansing, body, soul, mind, and, you know, really, really using the time and space to clear your work field, to clear your energy field, uh, so that you can feel more full and more uh, emotionally supported. Okay, so tapping into my Sagittarius moons, coming back to another fire moon, it is so, so important for Sagittarius moons to again be playing, be playing and exploring. The Sag moon, if you are a Sag moon, you need to get out of spaces that make you feel trapped. You need to get, you know, go on short journeys, go visit a new town, go on a, a road trip, go explore find new coffee shops, find new things to do, allow your energy to roam, you know, hike. Hiking is such self-care for Sag moons. Getting out somewhere that lets you play, celebrate, dance, you know, get into a space where you feel expansive. Uh, your, your home isn't probably going to be that place, right? You're going to feel safe in your home, but you want to, your security is really going to come from expanding expanding and playing and again physical release of energy is self-care for you so that you don't implode or explode right my capricorn moons it's so important for capricorn moons and earth moons to be moving their body in a different way than the fire moons right the fire moons it's expression of energy outward to actually like move the energy outward the earth moons it's like expression and movement inward of moving like emotional information out of releasing stagnation of not getting stuck of not being too firm of not being too rigid so when you move you know practices like yoga they release rigidity in your body um, what was the out oh, the quote my yoga teacher used to say all the time was like stiff body stiff mind that is really an earth moon thing so capricorn moons i need you to be taking time for self-care to move your body and you might have to set yourself a goal you know capricorn moons are all about goals um, and finishing something or doing something great so if it helps you to set a goal you know have a, a challenge for this movement then go ahead 
really making lists of self-care for Capricorn moons, work might be self-care. And I want you to be able to own that. If you are a Capricorn moon listening to this and you're like, you know what, I really love to work and I don't want to shut it off sometimes. And you know, everyone around you is like, you need to stop. You need to slow down. As long as you're regulating your nervous system, you're grounding, you're taking care of your body. If it feels good to work, then work, right? Do your work. It's okay. For my Aquarius moons, you know, if you're listening to this, freedom is key, right? Liberation is key. There can be no boxing you in. Although because your moon is connected with Saturn, there is a sensation of restriction that comes here. It's like you want the freedom, but you feel the restriction. So making space in your life for time that you can feel free, right? Like something that makes you feel free. And I want you to tap into what makes me feel free and then making more time for that. So maybe it's, it's similar to the Sagittarius moon where, you know, hiking makes you feel free, then, then do more of that. Or it might be something else that makes you feel really free, but bringing more of that into your life is going to feel really good Uh, and connecting with people. Okay. For my Aquarius moons, There is a sense of detachment that comes, but you are actually healed by being with community, right? And I don't mean just the community. I mean your community, your soul people that make you feel like you can be as weird and unique as possible, right? Like going to yoga retreats, going to um, sound baths, going to anything that really supports you in your need for connection. You are an air sign, so you do need to be connecting, chatting, sharing thoughts. Um, and, and those thoughts are going to be around, you know, really esoteric and new ideas that can liberate and progress us forward, right? And then for my Pisces moons, okay, A, I need Pisces moons to ground a little bit. I want you to be careful if you are um, detaching, if you are... Um, disassociating or escaping, but you know, coming into connection with a source is self-care for you, right? In, you know, meditation might be, or it might be really tapping into oracle cards or something that makes you feel connected to the divine. So the low octave of this is like, yeah, I want to escape because it's easier, but the meditation is going to make you feel more fulfilled. So being very aware of how psychic work is self-care for you and then having healthy boundaries within that is a whole other thing. But those essentially are just some self-care ideas for your moon, understanding like your mastery is blank. You are learning you know, that mastery in a certain area or not even learning because you know it, it's ingrained, it's subconscious, it's deep. So finding the self-care and understanding the high octave of the energy is going to be what liberates you, right? It is going to be what, you know, brings you into a whole new layer of why are you here and how can you use this energy to do your work here because it's so innate to you it's so natural to you when you're in the high octave of it like it's all good right and there's so much more we could go into with the moon like this is not even scratching the surface of moon energy we didn't even get into like the past life stuff because like i cover all of that in my emotional karma masterclass. we learn 
all of that in its karmic, you know, in the, the past life certification I teach, because this is what we do, right? We look at the past influence and energies of these things, and then we take that energy and we turn it into mastery, okay? Or we turn it into release or shadow work or whatever it needs to be. So there's so many other layers, like just alone looking at the, the phase you're born under. We can talk so much more about that. But for today, I'm gonna leave it at, you know, what is your mastery? Where are, where are you experiencing the unmet need? What is your unmet need? What is your self-care tactic? Do you have one? right? Or are you operating from that baseline of just like, you know, reactional states of your moon sign? And I'm guilty of it, right? The more I do this work, the more I become in tune with how I can not fall into my low moon, how I can not, you know, have dramatic flare-ups, how I can consciously watch myself and say, we're not doing that today. And so we get to use all this mastery, use astrology, as I said, to literally liberate ourselves, to make ourselves feel more and more lit up, more in alignment, more living in our truth. And so every single day, we're just like, yep, I feel fully in my own authentic you know, soul blueprint today, and I'm going to express from that place right? So like I said, this is all stuff we go into in such deep levels in its karmic. And that is really the portal where I get to teach you how to take, you know, surface level ideas, pop astrology and boil it down to, well, like what is the root cause? What is the root cause of what you're truly seeking and then from there how can you live in more fullness more alignment how can you you know learn to love life more because you are living so authentically in your codes it's like we liberate from this space we heal from this space astrology is so much more than we have been shown it is a master tool for reclaiming our, our truth and then knowing why we came here, what are the tools in our tool belt, and you know how can we find greater ease in life as we liberate ourselves through whatever it is we're going to use to do it, like astrology or another tool. So I hope you guys have loved every ounce of this as much as I have. I hope that you are intrigued by the idea of you know, tapping into all things astrology and how we can look at like these wounded and energies, these low octaves, liberate them and, and really feel better every single day. Or, you know, tap into new versions of ourselves um, and really, really find wholeness, right? Find peace, find love, find joy, whatever it is you're seeking. I swear you can find it through these practices, through these conscious learnings. And so that's what I have to offer for you today. And I hope that you are well and full of love and that you receive this in you know, the best way for you at this time. And if you do feel so called to join me in its karmic, I do have four spots left that I am 
inviting you to join me and to tap into what you came here to do possibly. If you're listening to this and you're feeling called and you're still here, you may be one of the souls that I'm, I'm truly calling um, you know, a part of my team here uh, in awakening through this work, right? We all have something to do here on earth and there is a handful of you listening that are meant to do this work with me and to cause a ripple with me. So if you're one of those souls, please head down to you know the link in the show notes and see if this is right for you reach out for me reach out to me sorry and uh, let me know if you want to be a part of this we start on the 25th of october just in time for beautiful scorpio season and so you've got a little bit of time left to join me but not much so don't hesitate this is a once a year thing. I only open my certification up once a year and level two is going to be happening next year. So please, if you are feeling called to hop into this container with me and the other soulful women that are joining me, please, please reach out. Otherwise have the most beautiful day. I hope you are receiving whatever is needed at this time and I will connect with you on the next podcast. 